I was always really good at the sciences. I love, I absolutely love science. I, I could actually stay engaged. Weird, with. You don't even believe in it, right? No. Uh, yeah, hundred percent, dude. Yeah, I reject it all now. <laughs> Welcome to Growing Up Christian. I'm Casey. I'm Sam. And today we're here with our our first and possibly most <laughs> controversial guest, uh, old friend from college, uh, known internet warrior, uh, Chad Daniel. He'll anti, destroy, he'll destroy anti, anybody in a Reddit. That's right. Argument. That's right. Anti social justice warrior. Yeah. <laughs> social justice pacifist. That's right. <laughs> Oh. Man, so uh, we've been uh, we all about- know each other from college, yep. and uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, uh, it's been about ten years since we've all talked on the same uh, line at the same time, or been in the same room together. Like Casey said, we uh, became friends in college, and we kind of—I mean—we've loosely stayed in touch through like random conversations here and there. I, you and Casey have definitely stayed in touch a bit more than uh, you and I have, but. Um, I've had a couple random visits to Lynchburg where, uh, where we, you know, get together, whatever, but yep, for sure. Yeah. And I was, well, I think Sam, I think the last time you and I talked, um, I was up in, uh, what Boston was that 2018 or, or 17? No, dude, you did not tell me. I, I knew you were coming to Boston. We definitely didn't see each other when you were here. Oh no, no. I see. What yeah, you're I, stayed, I stayed no. at your house. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. I thought you meant, no, oh, that was, uh, more than, <laughs> no, cause that was definitely more than two years ago. Dude. That was like, Se- that must've been 17. That was a year. My buddy hiked the Appalachian trail and, and we, uh, I flew up yeah. to Maine to hike the last mountain with him. And then we, uh, five years, dude. I mean, I've been in my house for my, the house I'm in now I've been in for over three. I spent like nine months in my in-laws basement and then and then that was before that it was in the house that you stayed with me at so like that oh, was sorry, been more than three holy cow because byron um was with us at that you met byron my foster yep. son and he's he's living with us again he's like uh he's almost 18 so i mean he was Jeez. like 13 maybe yeah. 12 or 13 at the time so it's been a while holy cow man See- so you just jumped straight to the end of the appalachian trail and then like <laughs> actually it's, like it's great code. It's great. <laughs> Game shark. That's right. Uh, Konami code. Uh, no, so it was actually interesting. So um, one of the buddies that um, came down to, uh, he moved to Lynchburg, oh man, 2010. And I met him when we were doing those, uh, you know, booking the, the shows at Crosspoint. And uh, he just like randomly started coming up to shows. And, and one day he found out that I did a lot of hiking and backpacking. And he was like, dude, I want to go backpacking. I took him out once and within a year he had quit his job and was hiking the entire Appalachian Trail. <laughs> <laughs> like totally blew me out of the water. Um, but wow. we dropped we dropped him off in March of uh, – I guess it was 2016. I guess that's when it was. Um, maybe 2015. Yeah, 2016 or so. We dropped him off in March. Um, so I got pictures of me uh, hiking the first mountain in the Appalachian Trail and uh, six months later – uh, finished in Maine. <laughs> so. Dude, I'm so envious of people who have, uh, I don't know. I can't, honestly can't tell if it's like a genetic thing to not care enough about things to just be able to just quit your job and go for it. I mean, there's obviously well, certain aspects of your life that have to be conducive to that, but right. God, I'm it, so envious of people who made those choices. Like I didn't do anything. I mean, yeah. in my life, I was the most unadventurous person ever. Yeah. 
it, well, it's interesting because he was not always like that. I mean, he, this dude was like super straight laced. Um, when I first met him, I was like, "Hey, dude, you like you want to come over and uh and like have a beer and uh you know play some video games?" He's like, "Oh, dude, I don't drink." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, that, that's kind of <laughs> weird." Um, and and then you know he was he like taught Dave Ramsey at his uh, church. Um, was you know super oh, responsible. Like, dude, he was like he was like the typical you know uh, Brentwood Church LU guy. Like his his uh, ex wife now um went to liberty and then um and then you know then uh without uh spilling his laundry out here he had some uh some (laughs) issues name so it's fine well he he won't care anyway he he uh i mean he's open about it but he um you know he had some uh issues with his marriage and and he was just like okay you know what he's like i got a whole bunch of money saved up um i'm gonna i'm gonna move to ohio um because i got a, a job opportunity out here um but you know, I'm going to take a year off and hike the Appalachian Trail. Just wanted to do it. And wow. uh, and it's funny because like ever since then, too, he now he had like he, so he had never had that mindset. But now, you know, his mindset now is I mean, he hiked the Appalachian Trail, um, got a job working uh, at the, it's Casey. It's my buddy who works in the Mercedes dealership. Josh, I, I, yeah. I think you've met him before. Um, I'm really talking about him. Yeah, so he worked at you know in the Mercedes dealership, made made good money working on electric cars, and then nine months later, he's like, "Dude, I'm going to hike the PCT," and went out and hiked from uh, Washington State to about the middle of California. Um, dude, he was in such good shape. He said he was like hiking 45 miles a day or something oh like that. God. And he oh. said he ended up uh, he ended up blowing his knee out like out in the middle of nowhere, um, and like having to hike like I, I don't know the exact distance. You're talking like 80, 90 miles on like a destroyed knee um and that that put him yeah so that put him uh out of commission and then this year him and his wife because he got he got uh remarried him and his wife were going to go over to uh uh oh, i can't somewhere over in europe not romania uh slovenia and they were going to do like this like two-month backpacking trip and then uh and then COVID hit, and so he's like, "All right, well, I guess I'll just bike across the state of o- Ohio." <laughs> Which then he did. <laughs> so, dude, uh, I don't. I love it. I love when people have it in them to travel. Like I have, um, there are places that I just never even went to when I lived in Boston because I'm like, I don't really know how to take the tea to get there. So, right, I guess, like I don't have an adventurous bone in my body. So it's like the idea of like traveling yep. to to try. Like I, you know, I mean, we all have friends who have like done the whole like stayed in um, hostels mm-hmm. and just gone across i don't know europe whatever and you're just like uh joe McElroy, he got um holy cow he he got <laughs> but i mean when i think it was like when i during the time that i really knew him he got um his, his christmas gift from his parents was like a a rail pass in europe or whatever yeah. and he was just like cool i'm gonna do that for the summer and then that's you just I, I would never find it in me to make my way anywhere i would just be like Day one, I guess they'll curl up under the subway tunnel and die. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I feel like uh, I'm I'm on that plan, but instead of Europe, I'm just hitting like I'm just taking a dump in every dirty truck stop bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you travel a lot, though. You go out to uh, um, you know Colorado, and I mean, you, you travel quite a bit by car anyway. Try to yeah, <laughs> by car. And you post some really amazing pictures of. Uh, rest stop bathrooms those those are pretty legendary some of those yeah well you know i am passionate about certain things (laughs) (laughs) i told you you could have made a lot of money making that an instagram truck stop i I really should have i know i had to stop sharing them because now the ones that i'm taking pictures of they're they're my customers yeah and i have (laughs) (laughs) 
No one would know. You, your customers aren't going to follow truck stop bathrooms. They're not. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man. So, uh, I guess we should start out with you just giving us a rundown. Uh, give us, give us like the abridged version of your your life story, and just to kind of start from your it, earliest memory. So oh, I know you said you uh, you drink beer. So so much. You know, are you a practicing Christian or not? So much? <laughs> well, um, you know, for all of the Baptists listening, I don't drink. Which Baptists? Um, <laughs> there's no there's none in listening to this pagan podcast i can assure you that dude uh, <laughs> um yeah so so my life uh is probably similar to yours casey um so i grew up obvious well obviously where are you know, from i'm from pennsylvania that's what i was gonna say obviously then i'm like this is a podcast <laughs> no uh, yeah so, so uh the uh pennsylvania between reading and lancaster pennsylvania so kind of Amish country, uh, very super. A lot of people don't Is know that where you got super. your beard. Yes, yes, I don't have that. I have a just just stubble now. Uh, the beard uh, was uh, I was never got past that awkward length of the beard. You know, it's yeah. like an inch long and sticks straight out. Um, I'm still rocking that. Mine's more Abe Lincolny is what most uh, people have compared it to. <laughs> that's awesome. But less full. Yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, so it's like like a like pubes. Yeah, <laughs> it just goes from my ears underneath my. I have no chin, so it just kind of like straddles my neck mostly. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> butt crack. That's right. Um, yeah, so so Lancaster between Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and Reading, PA. Uh, I, I don't know if anybody knows that, but that's actually a super super conservative uh, area of the country. Um, I went. Um, I have just about the most Christian education possible. I went from uh to a private christian school just in like a non-denominational school from uh kindergarten to fourth grade then i was homeschooled one year uh my mom couldn't take any more of that and uh, <laughs> gloria that, gloria yep <laughs> yep uh yeah brenda knows and uh <laughs> and then sixth grade to ninth grade i went to a like a bob jones type uh Ooh. christian school yeah, yeah, like um like one of those schools is like affiliated with Bob Jones. So like literally if you graduate from that school, I guess you get like a scholarship to either Bob Jones or Pensacola, I can't remember what. I think it was Bob Jones. Okay. Yeah, um, that was like the big one. I mean, they did so they wrote so much homeschool curriculum. Uh, uh Pensacola did. Like Pensacola was a Becca, I think. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, Pensacola was yeah, a Becca. I didn't put those together. Yeah. Um, that's who, that's who, uh, wrote that. And every, everybody in the nineties who was homeschooled knows what a Becca is for yeah, sure. I use my, I definitely had some of Becca. I had some Bob Jones stuff. So that, I mean. that, um, that Bob Jones slash Pensacola school I went to would be like the, the epitome of, of all of the criticisms that you could have of evangelicalism, uh, <laughs> like wrapped in, wrapped into a number of years. And I, look, I say, I say that, uh, you know, as, as nice as I can, but that was this, you know, that was the school where literally every, every single person that I know that I was friends with that went to that school is like, um, not non-Christian, but like anti-Christian. Oh, like, really? Like it's insane. Um, like at this point, dude, I think it's funny when you see people turn out that way. First of all, I would love to dive into why, like <laughs> how yeah. that happens so consistently right. when, when what you're doing is turning people against it in their adulthood at like a 90% rate, like, Oh my gosh, we need to talk about that. But right. I think what's funny is the people who become anti-Christian think I just, not to piss anyone off, 
uh, who might not, who might fall into this category. But I, I always find it that they have this feeling that they've ascended to higher truth and right. all they've really done is just been like, they're just like, they're still almost controlled by it in some way because of how bothered by it they are, how much it still controls them in some way or another. Oh, sure. like they haven't moved on. Like yeah. if, if they like my, I use my brother as an example because I have no idea really what he thinks. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't, he wouldn't say he's Christian, but this is he, your yeah. younger, older brother. Older brother, yeah. Okay. He um, and he I, like he's just one of those people that was just like moved on in like late high school, early college. He stayed in the area, just stopped going, like, yep. and then was just like, this isn't like, and then that was it. He never said a bad word about it. Never yep. came after anyone. He just yep. drifted away. So I think that's like that's to me the idea of someone who like was over it but wasn't hurt. like, but when you see the militant people, like the Reddit atheists who are like <laughs> raging, like you're like, oh, yeah. all right, you know, you're not really any different. That's just a, you picked a different flavor of fundamentalism. It's like, really? that's exactly Barnes and Noble. And I put the Bibles in the fiction section. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> dude, I love coming across oh, someone on Reddit. Oh my gosh, dude. Uh, that's, that's so much fun. Um, but yeah, so, so after I attended that school, um, then I went to the, I went back to the school that I attended from kindergarten through, uh, uh, through fourth grade. Um, because literally like I, the, the, it sounds weird, but when you go to a really small school, this is just kind of how it works. Like the friends, the people that you made friends with for like kindergarten through fourth grade, um, like you still are like, like you still know those people when you go to a really small school. Um, it's not, yeah. it's not like public school where you, where you, uh, um, you know, you go to kindergarten and then every year, uh, well, I've never been to a couple of public schools, so I don't know, but I'm assuming <laughs> you, it cycles out. So like, you don't, you're not with the same people year after yeah. year. I mean, depending on how schools are regionalized and stuff, like there's like, you know, there are people you go to kindergarten with that you don't go to elementary school with and then elementary school, you don't go to high school with mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Right. And then also if you go from like, if you're like a, a year or two, like different from people, like you'll have K through 12th in a Christian, like a private Christian school, but yeah. you might lose con Like you might be in, going to ninth grade and you're good friends going into seventh and you're like, yeah. I guess like, I won't see you for two years and we're not friends anymore. Like there's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's you speak in my language. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> now, I, was, I was homeschooled. I've not that I haven't said this before, but just whatever, I'll make it quick. Uh, it's like, I grew, I had home, there were homeschool families that my family was like close to. So mm-hmm. I'm actually still friends with the people that I mostly one family, but, um, I I've known them. My parents were friends before they had kids and then they had kids and they homeschooled and like, and then we just came up together and they're still, some of them are still people I'm in contact with, which is right. pretty weird. It's like, I've known them as long as anyone in my family. Now, are they, are, have they followed, uh, um, or, or are most of them now when you were homeschooled, I'm assuming you were, that was like Christian homeschooling. I, I think homeschooling for the most part in the nineties was like almost all Christians. I think it's yeah. actually branching out now. I think a lot of, uh, um, even like non-Christians are starting to homeschool a little yeah. bit now. Yeah. There's a lot um, of programs that you can like sign up to just homeschool. There's a lot. Yeah, it is. I, I guess in California, it's become a lot bigger, uh, mm-hmm. because they just don't, I don't know, people who've had problems with the school system. Everybody's homeschooled now. the homeschoolers are getting ahead right now i mean they're way ahead than everybody else and i I had a i knew like there were certain homeschoolers and you're like they were like really excelled and were smart and they that was cool like those people were like i mean a lot of them were weird so homeschoolers were often strange but uh there were some who were like next level dumb like you would be in like (laughs) 
some of you would, uh, you would, they, they I almost think they were homeschooled because their parents knew they had no chance of success in a public school. And they were like, well, see, I think my, my school catered to those. And you were top of your class, Casey, and you thought you were on top of the world. I was second in my class. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's uh, hilarious. Not, not exactly like uh, the honor squad. <laughs> Everyone was on the honor roll there. You could only have ten kids on the honor roll. Well, it's actually it's actually funny because wait, is that is that actually a law? You can only have ten kids on the roll. No, I just because Casey oh. only had eight kids in his class, so it was just oh. like, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's awful. actually actually funny. Um, I was actually um actually you this will come to uh, the surprise of no one who has known me for a while. I was definitely like not a good student, and I was a class clown. Definitely was the class clown. Yeah, uh, growing up, hundred percent. Um, <laughs> hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Like I did okay in school. Like I, th- I, um, it's, it's funny. I always did really well in, in the maths and the physics, but then when it came to history, um, English, um, any like, yeah, anything like liberal artsy like that. Um, I don't even know if that's the correct terminology for it, but like, I was always really good at the sciences. I love, I absolutely love science. I, I could actually stay engaged. It's weird with it. You don't even believe in it, right? No. Uh, yeah, hundred percent, dude. Yeah, I reject it all now. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I only, I've only believed in Christian mathematics. So. <laughs> Everything comes out to seven. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, 40. Or 40. Yep. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so I don't, I don't want to jump ahead in the story, but at which point did you become a drug addict? Uh, yeah, so I was never – pop, uh, contrary to uh, popular internet myths spread by a world-famous guitarist, uh, I was never, <laughs> never uh, a drug addict. Actually, you know, that's a good that's a good transition into college So um, because that, that's kind of where like college starts for me. So uh, I don't know how you were in K- uh, Casey in your school, but it's like my school – I was not a shy person, but uh, I definitely was like a little bit awkward. It, maybe everyone was, I don't know. But like when I yeah. went to college, it dude, it just, it was like so big. Like I literally went from a class where I, from a school where I literally knew everyone uh, from like fourth grade to graduating by name uh, to Liberty. It was like so big. It was like a culture shock to me. Oh, sure. Um, and so I, I had, a, dude, I had a really tough time. Uh, it's funny. I went to school and I knew a whole bunch of people going to Liberty, like uh, Matt Hartman. I think both of you guys know him. Sam, you oh, might not. Yeah, know. I mean yeah. That kid. yeah. So he he grew, went to my uh, high school. Uh, he he was actually what we call a lifer. He went K to twelve to the same uh, Christian school, so nice. he was a lifer for sure. Um, so so I knew him. I knew a couple other people that went to Liberty, um, but I specifically said like when I went to Liberty. I want to get a roommate that I've never met. I want to stay in a dorm where I don't know anybody. I just like that. I literally like made that like my goal. I just wanted to go and yeah. like completely have a completely different experience and not, and just really get outside of my bubble. Did you and choose to go to Liberty because you just, so many people were and you were familiar with it? My, and it my, so, like so, um, I, like I said, I was, I wasn't, um, I wasn't a bad student. I was like a, a, a B's and B, uh, high B's, low A's in the math and sciences, and then like B's and C's in history and English. You know, so averaged out, I was like a B student. Okay. Okay. Um, so it's not like I had like this crazy choice of schools that I could go to. Yeah. Um, so I could go to community <laughs> college, which I did not want to go to because I wanted to leave. You know, I wanted to get out of the of the town that I grew up in. Yeah. Um, and then my pa- my parents like basically said like 
you can go to any school you want, but if if you go to a public college, we're not going to pay for any of it. If you go to a Christian college, oh, we'll wow. pay for half. We'll pay for half of it. Which honestly, like, I think that's fair. Like they, you know, they wanted me to go to Christian school, and they said um, we'll pay for half of it. It was actually they paid for more than half of it. Um, you know, some people might be like, that's messed up, but you know, it was their choice. So they said. I mean, my parents didn't offer any money for me for college. So and you I still just... chose Liberty out of love. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> no, I chose Liberty out of. Uh, my parents, I, when I was like going, I'm like, I'm going to get a Bible degree. And they're like, you, sh- uh, you, sh- you sure? Like, yeah. uh, I mean, there's a lot of other stuff out there. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, did, they were. Is, is that what you finished with? Is that, did you, or did you switch majors? No, I did not. I, you, you I, through I finished it. with a Bible degree. So very it's, good. It's working out super well for me. Right <laughs> very good. Very good. Helped, <laughs> helped in logistics, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so when I went to Liberty, uh, I did I knew I didn't know anybody, and I promise the story is going somewhere. Uh, I didn't know anybody. I had a really hard time, uh, really had a hard time meeting people outside of like, um, you know, like unless I, you know, I knew Dan Kelly, and like he would introduce yeah. me to people, and I, I like I had a really hard time just like making friends without a connection. Um, so I ended up getting really close with the guys that I ended up rooming in, and I'm. Casey, I'm not even going to talk about the John Gaynor story. That that's a whole episode there with that dude. <laughs> yes, um, I forgot should, about that. Oh, should, I mean, should I should I devote a minute to it? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so <laughs> I okay. Actually, you know what? This is too good to, to skip. So, like I said, I sh- I showed up. I specifically said I didn't want to uh, room with anyone. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but when you originally filled out the application to live on campus at Liberty, it asked you like questions like, "How clean are you?" um you know what you know what kind of do you remember those questions i know that's so funny literally that was like one of the questions it was like a i think it was like a roommate finder and you like filled out questions and it tried to like pair you up with someone the only and question the, i remember is how frequently you jerk off and <laughs> daily <laughs> you do it with your roommates around things well, like you, that, you, like. you do it with your roommates around um so so I just I I just remember that question, and I'm not uh, no, I'm not a filthy person, but I'm a cluttered person. You know, I throw stuff. You know, I leave clothes around the house, stuff like that. Um, and so I just put like the the middle rating. I was just like not messy, not clean. Um, and I was like, <laughs> okay, that, that's fair. Biggest mistake of my first year in school, dude. So <laughs> so I kid you so not, dude. One that's only one point removed from dirty. Perfect. Well, I didn't want to get stuck with a clean freak. That's why no, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to get stuck with someone that was. Yeah, I didn't want to get stuck with a clean freak, and I didn't want to get stuck with someone that was like di- – my, my mom was a clean freak, and so like I never really knew what living with someone that was disgusting was like um, until I finished the story. Then then, then you'll find out that I did. What about room checks, dude? Uh, well, yeah. We'll talk about that. So I, yeah, no, that, that was a, a serious problem here. But um, So anyway, so we sh- – me, me uh, my mom and my dad showed up. Uh, on the circle dorms, those disgusting trailer dorms that have been since removed from Liberty, yeah. um, we showed up, and we're like the I'm like the first one in the entire dormitory. There's there's this one other guy, like the super fat, super tall dude, like walking around the dorm. We don't fat and, shame people in this podcast. What, oh, we don't. Uh, uh, thin challenged, okay, thin <laughs> challenged. And so we walk, <laughs> we walk. I walked in. First thing my dad says, he's like, you know, that dude could be your roommate. <laughs> we just like all kind of, we all kind of chuckled. It was him. <laughs> it was literally that was literally the guy. And to this day, my dad jokes about how like we walked in the first like like dude like like dude that you walk behind, you can just like smell him. And, uh. and that, that that was him. Um, as far as oh, it, so I moved in with him. The dude, I mean, there's so many issues. I'll, I'll tell you one funny story. Um, 
I bought the, around Halloween. I went out, you know, I had no money in college. I went out and bought like a whole bunch of candy. Cause there was like, we were doing something for Halloween with a sister dorm. I don't remember what it was. And I had a mini fridge and I filled my freezer with, with the candy, like literally like, um, I mean like t- five pounds of candy probably woke up the next day and it was gone. And the wrappers were like all over the, the floor. What? And I'm like, I, I kid you not, Casey, I, you know, this story. And I'm literally like, I'm like, John, I'm like, did you, did you eat my candy? And he's like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, I knew it was him. And so like later in the day, I'm like, oh, like going through his dressers and the rappers like all through his dressers. And I'm like, dude, you ate my candy. And I'm like, seriously, dude. So I went to the RA and ratted him out. And I'm like, dude, cause it wasn't the first time he ate, he ate my food all the time. Like it was like, a, like it was so bad. It was like a joke. Like I'd come oh in God. and all my groceries would be gone. Um, I can totally I, I, see you reacting to that too. Oh, dude, I was like, <laughs> freaking candy. <laughs> it was a freaking candy that dent the front of the mini fridge. So I go to the RA. I go to the RA, and I, you know, I, I ratted him out. And I'm like, dude, this guy, like, I gotta move. Like, he just he eats all my food. Like, this is this is disgusting. And uh, he's like so a cartoon they, character. They call what's that? He's like a cartoon character. Like, well, get this. I kid you not that this is a true story. He walked. They they called him into the RA, and we all sat down. And he like kind of like started getting emotional. And he's like, I I struggle with sleep eating, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, dude. And like I, I showed I showed no emotion. I was just like, I need to get a new roommate. <laughs> um, one one other story with this guy. Okay, every every night, every night, his parents would send him two hundred and fifty dollars in snack money a month, just snack money. That's not including his meal plan. Every night at like ten o'clock, he would get Papa a Papa John's small pizza every night and he would eat it before oh bed God. one night he rolled he left the garlic pack in his bed because he would always had like food in his bed like he garlic rolled, so- like he garlic rolled sauce? over on the garlic sauce and oh. for like a week it just like saturated his mattress no. and for like a week you know, for a week every time i walked into the room it just smelled like a garlic pretzel and i was like this is <laughs> this is too much <laughs> And so finally, so fun. Yeah, we've we failed every room check because I kid you not. I actually took a picture because I would take like a shovel and shovel down the middle of the room, and so my room was like spotless. And then there was literally like a line of trash. I kid you not. I I literally took used to take pictures of it because it was so funny. And eventually, it got so bad we failed every room check, and the RAs just they they were like, "We're not going to give you reps anymore because it's not fair." And so finally. <laughs> The room right next to me, it was these two guys from uh, uh, South Florida. They were both Cuban. Well, one was Honduran and one was Cuban. And they also had a really disgusting roommate. Like, um, dude, this guy always smelled like feces. I kid you not. Like, absolutely disgusting. In fact, I sat down next to him one time on a on a dude's couch to play Mario Party. When he stood up, he left a ring on the couch. No. <laughs> like a ring on the couch. And so we literally like just took the couch out to the dumpster and threw it away. Um, anyway, long story, short, long story short, we literally quarantined those two guys in their own room with with a room between them at the end of the hall on on both sides. So basically, like they were all the way at the end of the circle dorm with a room between them and no room across from them for the rest of the year. Like they were That's completely isolated amazing. there. Everyone just unanimously agreed that they were exiled. <laughs> it was, dude, it was so bad. It got to the point. It, I can't, I'm not even kidding. It got to the point where the, like it became a weekly event where we, the RAs would like make them go shower. Cause they never showered. 
and so it was like like it became a joke and they they even like laughed about it like we'd all like get go outside and like chant and bang on the door as they'd walk down to the shower for their <laughs> shower um I, I, that, dude, it sounds unbelievable but i kid you not i've told a million people that story it all checks out um, and then you felt really bad when one of them killed themselves because of it no well i don't no i don't know I, dude it's one of the guys had every- serious emotional issues Everyone has like shocking roommate stories. And when I tell those, I'm talking about you. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, it was the guy who had like three boa constrictors in his bedroom. What is that? Oh, snakes was the least of our problems. He tried to breed rats in our closet. With Joe's rat. Oh, okay. Now we have to talk about this, this period of our life. That was a terrible period. So... We, um, so, uh, okay, well, here, here's the next mode. So my, that was my freshman year, the story I just told you, uh, the junior, uh, sophomore year I lived on East campus. Um, my roommate was insane. He like, pl- all he did was play call of duty, never went to class. He was in, I R- remember that kid. He was in ROTC and I literally asked him like, he, I never talked to him. I didn't even really know him. And I just remember asking him like, what are you going to do when you get out of college? And he's like, I'm going to be a ranger a ranger in the army and i'm like oh that's okay that's random and he's like yeah because i would have no problem taking another person's life cool yeah you're just like, All right. <laughs> i can i told you that story before right casey yeah 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 just, i remember th- that kid yeah he, i only he ever was, saw the back of his head but i yeah, remember yeah, because, <laughs> wait a second Wait. <laughs> yeah, like the top back of his head. <laughs> most, most people look the same from above. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, so then Casey and I, um, my, so my junior year, that, that, uh, no, that was my junior or senior year. That was my senior year. Um, I moved out with uh, another filthy roommate, um, which we won't name. I don't think he'll ever listen to this, but we won't name him. Um, I don't want to name. I don't want a filth chain. Um, yeah, most expensive jeans you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. This is uh, um, this is when we lived at the Vistas. That that filthy guy. Oh, yeah, uh, not, yeah, not okay. the other guy. The other guys were clean. weren't, weren't too. Wait, was the Vistas the place that uh, I would? Yes. Is that yeah, the place there. that like Joe lived with you at, and like I would yeah. hang out there? Yeah, yeah, that's the place you got raided. Yep. Yep. The running <laughs> joke was that his hair was so dirty you could snap it off like a Lego man. Yeah, that was what I said. I used to say that his hair was like a Lego hair because it was just like one, one slick mess. It's disgusting. Um, but yeah, so so that yeah that that um, that period of our life was actually really fun <laughs> to be completely honest. Um, it was. So the story of that was I moved in with Tim, and then there was another guy that um, was moving in named Joey. Uh, about a month prior to moving in, Joey called me up on the fo- on the phone and kind of threw a little bit of a bombshell to the to this uh, Christian school raised kid. He's like, "Hey, I just want to let you know, um, you know, we're moving in in a month. Um, I'm gay. Is that okay?" And I'm like, uh, "Well, I mean, we signed the lease, <laughs> so I guess <laughs> like it was already. I mean, whatever. I like, yeah, no, I was just like, okay, that whatever. I mean, you were probably more homophobic at the time. <laughs> well, no, it's just well, dude, back then, like, no, like." It was just like never nobody, nobody talked about it. So you like I didn't even no, really know what to not. say. Do you remember? And I keep asking people because I don't. I just remember the name was ridiculous. What was the name of Liberty University's like gay conversion group? Yeah, Casey asked me that a, a, a little bit ago. No, I, guess I, I probably asked him and to ask. You, him. You probably, yeah, he's like, hmm, let me think. Ask me, and then takes credit for it. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. I remember people talking about that, but um, yeah, it, I, it, I, it was so funny. It was like. 
It was for everyone, str- like in the words of Liberty, struggling with homosexual feelings. Yeah. And they would be like, it was like real secret. Like, yeah. And they were like word of mouth mostly. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, all right, so we're all going to get, well, I'll meet here and we'll talk about those feelings. And like the, the naivety of Liberty was so funny because it's like, like a good portion of those kids used it to meet other gay yep. kids. Like, yeah, I like, remember hearing that. No kidding. Like, <laughs> and the Liberty is just, they, they're like really taking it so seriously that they're like doing the Lord's work. And like 50% of them are just like, Met my life, uh, my life partner. At, uh, I think <laughs> it was Lynchburg. like Lynch, Lynchburg Tinder. No, yeah. no, I was going to say, no, say it was like pre grinder days. Yeah. You know? I, I know. I, <laughs> there's a kid who became a journalist who who went to that. Yeah, uh, I remember about, that. I can't remember what his name is, but he, I he, I read a lot of what he writes. He's written a lot about Liberty and Jerry Falwell and things like that. Didn't he write a positive article about how like he, his experience at Liberty wasn't really bad, or is that was that another guy? I do not. This guy in our dorm. There was one guy that did like an undercover study back when Senior was still alive. Oh, so so Sam, I don't think you would have even been there. That, I think that was 07. No, um, that was my uh, – yeah, I went after – because I did a year of community college after I graduated and then I came there. Like I, My first year there was the first year that Jerry Jr. had taken over. Right. Yeah, there was a guy from like the New York Times that went undercover for a year at Liberty. That to was like, the guy who wrote the book uh, Unlikely Disciple, right? Uh, yeah, but didn't he – yeah, but he like basically – was like uh like he didn't sing their praises but he was basically like it really wasn't that bad <laughs> yeah. yeah he was yeah. like yeah i mean like i don't really he, he wasn't like it didn't believe in any of that but he was like but everyone was nice you know I mean, dude, that's, that's my experience too like yeah, I, look, I i had a good time there like i do i find i mean i find a lot of administrative problems there for sure, sure. <laughs> yeah uh, now <laughs> yeah and I did then, like, dude, when I worked there, I was like, this place is a disaster. Like the people who were in charge there, like, right. were like, I would have, I would have put money down. And some of them were absolute so from the sidelines rather than getting involved. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so, I mean, just working there, I mean, like, I remember like all the stories of people who had to deal with like Ron Godwin and it was just like, that guy was oh, a dickhead. Yeah, I heard he was uh, a terrible person. Like oh, so many people who were at the top of that were just not good. I mean, yeah. Lee Beaumont was another guy that I had like that everyone that I had ex- like knew from experience who had personal experience with him was just like, yo, this guy will he he ha- will have no problem ruining your life if you make right. him mad. And it's just like that was the majority of like the higher up leadership there was just not. I I don't think that can be avoided in a any any culture where you're talking like a where you're talking about like billions of dollars or like a billion dollars in endowment or like just huge sums of money, uh, huge, huge sums of political influence. Like I do not think that, um, the gospel is good enough to prevent people from acting like that. Well, I think, well, of course I (laughs) set me up, bruh. Um, no, I, I just think that, that, um, I mean, from the Christian worldview, I mean, the church, the historically the church has, has thrived, not when is, when it was, you know, at the top of the power game. Um, it's all, it's historically thrived when it was persecuted, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that, um, you know, I, I think any religion when it gets in, um, you know, in that type of power, when you have like bi- literally billions of dollars involved, um, you know, tons of political influence. I mean, you literally had the president of the free world, uh, essentially endorse Liberty university, you know, in, right. over the last four years. I mean, that, um, you know, that type of power, um, I mean, you get one 
or two bad apples high up in there and you know the whole thing the whole house of cards just collapses yeah i actually don't disagree i I don't think i'd take issue with anything you just said i think power in that i i don't think power in religion i don't think that's when religion is functioning and it's the way it's intended to no i I completely agree and in fact you know i think we would actually agree a lot on um on a lot of that, those issues, maybe, maybe not doctrinally. I, we probably have some difference. In fact, I know we do as far as yeah. the last time we chatted. Um, but, um, you know, as as far as what happened to Liberty, I mean, I don't, I know a couple people that like defend Liberty, but they defend it kind of as an entity instead of like sure. what it actually accomplished, which I guess I'm actually kind of in that boat. Like, again, like I had a good experience at Liberty, uh, I worked there for like ten months, and I could not take it. The politics there were just horrendous. Yeah, um, and and I have a pretty work. Are you you talking workplace like politics? Workplace. Like, oh, yeah. it was terrible. I mean, oh, it was. Dude. I mean, you, so lopsided was, and unfair. Yeah, it was like you knew who was get, you you knew who was getting promoted. Like, there's just so much that was like you knew where to put an effort and where not to based on who was like the favorite. It was God, it was bad when I worked, I worked there for years and it was like, where did you work again? What department? The the fulfillment. Fulfillment. Okay. 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 And it was so we, we had like, we had a better than most departments because we weren't even on campus. We were like in downtown Lynchburg in that like warehouse that they owned. And I mean, it was a, in all like, honesty it was a good place to work um mm-hmm. because it was the it was the least liberty like like and and i don't mean that in any way other than like because at that point in my life i was i i definitely would have considered myself uh, a very strong evangelical christian mm-hmm. um and i just was like even then i was like being disillusioned to the way that the, the the school operated and and the people that i worked with were similar to me but you could be more yourself like uh right there like you didn't have to put on like this like the you didn't have to put on a smile and put on a show uh because right. there were people watching you like being off to the side there like we just would we had i mean the majority of my life at work was like we sat around this 40 foot table mm-hmm. and we just stuffed envelopes and shot the shit with our friends and it was like the best job i've ever had i would right. kill to have a job like that again where you just mindlessly put envelopes in <laughs> and letters in an envelope and just goof off with your friends <laughs> right right um, so being that you are still in the area and you know a ton of like liberty affiliated people mm-hmm. what what is the general consensus about uh falwell jr i don't know anyone that likes uh, Falwell Jr. outside of the recognition, and he, you know, you and I talked about this. I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago. Outside of the recognition that, as far as grow, you know, before all this stuff came about out about him, um, you know, about the uh, the the affair, uh, which I don't want to hound on him too bad. Alleged. I, I, the well, no, it's not <laughs> alleged. Um, I think what's alleged is is what I don't, I don't know who who knows it's his like, level I, of participation. It, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, yeah, if you. Just- I don't know. I mean, anyone. are you guilty if all you do is just like watch, you know? Yeah. As far as the uh, well, locals have always hated Liberty, which is interesting because the the economic impact that Liberty has had on Lynchburg is, um, I mean, it is Lynchburg so <laughs> for the most part. It's insane. Um, they did a study like ten years ago, and they they said that like every five years there was like a billion dollar of economic activity in Lynchburg 
directly affiliated with with Liberty. But that aside, I don't know anyone locally who who like looked at him as a um you know as a as a faith leader like he he was supposed to be viewed as yeah, yeah. Um, you know like they viewed his his father as you know and I know a lot of people didn't right. like senior but the the one thing you could say about senior is that um you know he I don't know of any um scandals like this that senior was caught up in um you, you I mean you can you can not like how ingrained he he was in politics but as right. far as like scandals I don't. He didn't have anything like this um, outside you know, of no. uh, yeah, nothing of uh, the sexual nature. There was just that little brief moment where he wouldn't let black people go to liberty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is actually really I mean, interesting. But, but is that really a scandal? <laughs> um, actually, I I actually didn't was not aware that Falwell Senior. Do what year was that? I don't. It was. Yeah. It started let out take as out like my, a charter uh, school yeah. that was all white, right? Yeah, there was. Really? A, I mean, yeah, yeah. There was. Like, I actually didn't know that he ended up giving scholarships to. Um, like as a form, almost like a form of like uh, reparations to uh, to pretty much black kids in the neighborhood. It was just like you can get you get your first year of liberty free um, huh. for a certain year. I'd be interested to know. So that was like he he specifically didn't allow black students to go, or there was like some. And I'm not defending that. But no, by I, know, I know, I know, I know. I'm saying he, he he specifically banned it, or there was like. Like he, some- he started, as far as I like, the way I understand it is he started Liberty as a charter school, not a college, but like a charter high school, and it was all white. All white because, because like by that, that, was rule, that was the policy. Okay, now I know yeah. that um, I know Bob Jones. In fact, you can find the article still on their webpage today. Uh, in the year two thousand, finally allowed interracial marriage. In the year two thousand, which is insane. <laughs> which is, literally, there is an article on there. I don't. Their... I just don't see how God can bless this country. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Look, I, to be clear, one of the things I one of the traps I don't want to fall into here. Uh, mm-hmm. While I made the joke about that not being a scandal, obviously it was. Um, mm-hmm. I I do want to be clear that I don't think. I, he he did change like and i think i don't want right. to like i i hate this the culture that we have that just like digs up shit from people's past and tries to ruin their lives because of it simply because they don't they they don't support or believe in the same types of things that you do it really is frustrating to me so right. i i'm not trying yeah. i i was just trying to make a joke i don't actually like that's fair. Well, I th- think he seemed like a really sweet old guy. <laughs> he he was a nice guy. <laughs> I talked to him. Like you should be uh you should be praised for changing. Like, right, he, like right. as yeah. opposed to like just being look, demonized. Look, if, for if he if he had a policy at the school that was literally like no blacks were allowed, then I have no problem condemning that. Of course. If if the issue is that in the the racist cult, because I mean back in the sixties and seventies in in Lynchburg, Virginia, I mean, I think you basically still had segregation up until the early 70s in, in Lynchburg. If he started the school in segregated America and it just so happened, you know, if, if there wasn't an official policy barring black kids, the fact that no black people went to the charter school was just a repercussion of the segregated city, then, then I, I don't know if I put all uh, – what I'm saying is I, I'm, 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 I don't like uh, um, isolating an incident from – the time in which it took place and just, you know, just assuming that he literally had a policy that said no black people allowed. Maybe he did. If he did, that's, that's sick. And I'll be completely honest. It's, it's, 
it's hard for me to imagine um it's really hard for me just to imagine that ever being like something that was so rampant in the christian uh religion specifically in the south um it's like i don't know we're you know there's still racism today but as far as like segregation i feel like we're just so we're so far removed from that that ideology um that i i, I don't think i I don't I actually don't know where you're going with that. We're so far removed from it. That We're so hard. far removed from living in a culture that openly says, if you're black, you can't attend the school with all the white kids. Yeah, we are very far removed. From like that. it's, right. I mean, at least our, it, we're a, at least a lifetime, like our lifetime removed from that. Yeah, for that's, sure. That's something like I gleaned that information from like looking at one article about it. So well, I that, really that can't say. Well sure. No, I mean my understanding of it is when I'm not sitting here with a fact book in front of me, so anyone can fact check this afterwards. It doesn't even matter because we've already made our points about it. But uh, that my understanding of it is that, and I learned I learned this from being there from people who liked the school, from people who liked Jerry Senior. Um, that my that it was not related to segregation. It was just liberty. It was just okay to not accept black like you weren't going to be um you weren't going to get charged with anything or taken to court over not accepting black people to your school at that time so that was my understanding but i mean interesting regardless my only point was i i just wanted to say that like the fact that he changed <laughs> even if he just caved to pressure like sure uh, even like but, but that's culture it's like you know when we're fighting for change it always starts with people caving to pressure i think people should be i think change in people's lives should be acknowledged like if you pulled up any of this i mean i was i mean i would I mean, you could pull up all a bunch of shit that i thought in high school and if you were going to hold my feet to the flame on that i wouldn't be eligible to do anything ever like right. people would just be like no you're canceled uh, yeah it, it actually makes so. you pretty thankful i don't know about you but it, it's i'm very thankful for that, that social media didn't exist <laughs> in any yep. major form from like being 15 to 20 <laughs> i know you think right. of all these like 12 year olds who got tiktoks just doing oh the my weirdest God, shit you're like holy yeah cow. you were gonna regret some of this holy yeah. cow so okay so that that being the case where, where do you where are you at today because obviously, you know, you were a militant Christian fighting atheists on YouTube and you oh, know, whatnot. <laughs> oh, I still am for sure. Um, yeah, so it's funny. Having so, creationism arguments through yeah, comments. Yeah. Now, I, I don't uh, – so creationism, I still am definitely a creationist. Um, not um, – that for me, that is like a minor point at this point. For some reason – I don't know. For some reason, when people first get into um, – there's kind of like a theme with with uh with with everyone when you first get into debating something you tend to kind of like stick with the extremes and like really hammer on the extremes points of it sure. i noticed that i know i noticed that all over the place even like with atheists like when people first become like the militant atheist they'll like really get on like some fringe belief of it and just like hammer that point home and then over time you kind of like mellow out a little bit and you start to uh you know you start to uh uh even out i guess a little bit um, but it's, it's interesting because growing up in high school and in college, like people probably looked at me and like, I, I would have been like the least likely person, um, to be, to like, like all the people I knew that went to that one school where they're like all atheists now, like, dude, I was like the, the rebel there, you know, cause I was yeah. like the loud kid, you know, I, I would use like bad language in school. 
Um, and today, you know, I, I'm pretty sure, I'm sure, I'm sure there's still people that are, that are Christian that attended that school, but like all the people that I knew personally are like anti-Christian now. So, um, yeah, so where I'm at now, um, I'm definitely, um, not as, as militant as I once was <laughs> uh, on certain, especially on certain issues. Um, uh, but I, you know, I still, um, you know, I, I definitely have, have, you know, I, I, you know, Sam mentioned at the beginning of the show, you know, there's like some people that like, um, you know, were like really militant in college and then like kind of mellowed out and now we're just like kind of in no man's land. And then there's, there are the people that have always been like super devout. And then you have, you know, the, the category that I fit into where like, you know, I always called myself a Christian, but I like, I, I never, like, I never really cared to even like study it, you know, and now I've gotten to the point where like, that's a huge, you know, that's a, a really important part of my life. Um, and um, you know, I, I just, yeah, it's just a really important part of my life, like that, my specific faith tradition. Yeah. What, um, if, uh, I don't know if this is like, it's going to get us in the weeds or too pride, but what is that? I, I, I'm actually more interested in what that even, what that means to you by it being an important part. Cause so I'm Christian still, mm-hmm. um, despite the way that, I don't know, I, I guess, despite the way some people might make assumptions at this point, but, um, and, and, and I would say that it is important to me, but I, I feel like maybe it's important to me in different ways and it's important to you, or maybe it's not. Uh, so, mm-hmm. but because we it, are the way that we might practice it, or maybe not even the way that we practice it, but in the way that we think about it or the mm-hmm. way that we internalize it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious as to what that Vote means to you. By it being take it. No, no, see, that, that would, that would be me like eight <laughs> years ago. Um, not, not as much now. Um, now I do think that there are certain things, um, and this is, you know, this is where, this is where we'll start to fight, hopefully. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I do think there are, I, th- I do think there are certain um, things split down political aisles that I would not think are compatible uh, with the historic Christian faith. Um, I'm sorry, Sam, what, what was the question you had for me? What, what does it mean? So when I say how is it important to you? Is it like, is it get your, your involvement in church? Is it your prayer? Is it prayer? Is it stuff? Like, what is it? Like, what is important when you say your faith is important to you? What does it actually, what does that actually mean in, in practice? Right. So I would say that a lot of people, when they say faith is important to them, um, you know, they'll, they'll talk about like all the time they devote to church, you know, their small group, um, they're volunteering, um, for, to be honest, um, I, you know, I go to church, we, we go to church. Um, I am not actually very involved in my church. Um, we actually just, uh, switched churches during the pandemic for, for a few different reasons. But, um, yeah, when I say like, that's a big part of my life, I don't even mean like the going to church or like hanging out and going to my Bible studies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. For me, um, I really try to make it something that touches it. This sounds so corny, but I, I'm, I'm honest when I say it, it's something that I try, like everything that I do, I try to, um, measure it through the lens of what I, you know, of what I think the the Christian response would be. So, you know, even when it comes to work, um, you know, I, you know, I just started a new job a a month or or so ago and, uh, you know, even, you know, my, it's a remote job. So I, I, I've never seen, and I probably will never see my coworkers, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I am, I'm, I, you know, everything that I try to do or every facet of my life, I try to, um, work through that, you know, specifically for, through that Christian worldview. And I, and I can honestly, you know, I can honestly say that, um, you know, not obviously not every waking hour of every waking of day, but, you know, throughout most of the day, I'm, I, you know, I'm, 
you know, again, that WWJD slogan that was super yeah. corny. I really do try to think of of things in that perspective. Sure. Um, you know, all the way from from you know how I how I uh, view the political landscape. You know how I raise my kids. You know how I interact with people at work. Uh, how I interact with people at church. Um, how I balance church and personal life. Like I think I think one of the issues um, that the the Christian church has is that, um, you know, a lot of us growing up, we spent, dude, like we, all of our, like our parents spent so much time in church. It's like almost all they did. And it like, it almost became like more of a habit than a, yeah. you know, it, it almost became more of like a crutch than, a um, you know, than an, like, than an actual way of life. It was legitimately my entire social form, like way of being yeah. up until I was like, 16 and I, between and I, 16 17 years old and i think that's actually um you know i don't know if that's destructive i know for me that would have been destructive um because i think a lot of my rebellion was just from the fact that like literally i had no um i was not exposed to anything outside of um you know outside yeah. of that like the christian worldview and like when i you know when i started like encountering things, I was just like, oh, you know, it's it's not as it's not really as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like everyone- I mean, dude, one of the things that I'll I'll say that I had one of the like like I'll mention probably from time to time forever is like, you know, I went to Liberty University, a Southern Baptist college, expect like thinking like every oh I'm gonna go around like I I spent my entire life growing up in this way. Now I'm gonna go to college and be comfortable being around people who are just like me, and. Uh, you know, a lot of what uh, had an impact on me in in my change uh, and development was meeting diff- Christians who were not like me, who had different like understandings of faith or placed different levels of importance on different things, and it, it expanded my mind a lot and in a lot of ways. And that was a I, I'm the irony of where I'm at is that uh, all the things that I will um, that I would have a problem with at this point in my life mm-hmm. it's through every one of those things that i got to the point that i'm at so like on a generous day i look at that and say this is this is just the way it is like i don't it's i don't look at it uh, through a negative lens um mm-hmm. i i of course it, it did result in certain difficulties uh, mm-hmm. uh or i don't know I, there there's certain I, raising my own kids, I'm not going to try to put them on that same trajectory simply so that they can learn the things that I learned through the ways that I learned it. Of course, that's not what anyone would do. Um, but do you believe in putting them on any trajectory? Uh, that, yes, I do. So I, I, I'm affiliated with the church and I'm, I'm pretty heavily invested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what I'm not going to do is feel, I, I won't hurt. I won't really be too hurt if they don't find the same investment in it that I do, or they don't get out of it what I do, but it is something that we're kind of just making part of our lives and, and part of their, their upbringing and tradition is that this is just something that we'll do. And, you know, I'm not, I, I struggle a lot with trying to figure out how to talk to my kids about uh, faith or God, or cause you know, when they're kids, you would talk to them about it in a more concrete way. Um, mm-hmm. Like God as a con as like a physical concept, whatever. I mean, you talk sure. to them and, and you don't talk to kids in the abstract. And that's the only, that's the only way that I understand it at this point is in the abstract. So like trying to figure out how to like, just 
talk to my kids about it in a way that doesn't misrepresent it, but doesn't send them down, uh, a, doesn't set them up on the same path that I was set up. I, I just, I, I have a hard time with that. And I know right. that mostly I think I'm wrong in the way that I'm resistant to talking to them about it at all because of, uh, because it's more of a fear-based reaction. And that's one of the problems I have with how I grew up is that the majority of, uh, in my experience, the majority of people's faith is, uh, it's a very fear-based thing. I don't want to sure. go to hell. I want God to love me. Like it's all based out of wanting or getting something out of it. And it's, it's drifting right. into something else for me. And I don't, I don't want my kids to find their way into some punitive type of, I would rather have no faith at all than think that God's going to smite them for having sex before they're married. You know, even as much as I don't want, want to know about their sexual habits when they're teenagers, like that's going to make me feel weird. But I, I mean, yeah, like, I think what's, have you given much thought to like how, how you're going to address those issues with your daughter, Chad? Like the sex issue? No. <laughs> <laughs> like the baby. I mean, you can go yeah. Like, uh, you know, obviously when we grew up, you know, it was in church every time the doors were open and, you know, there was obvious some pressure to, to, to quote unquote, get saved. You know, most of us did it at, five or six or seven or whatever like what right. what well, do you see in that yeah so so i actually think uh, so i think um so i think like the complaints that you guys have like that that pressure to quote unquote get saved um or or accept jesus which which my theology as a uh calvinist doesn't really appreciate sam <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> I'm cringing, dude. Oh, no. I'm, making a cr- I'm making a cringy meme about you now. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Um, so like that, like whole, yeah. So, so, so my parents were not like that at all. My, my dad grew up in like the most fundy atmosphere, King James, you know, King James only ver- like lifestyle ever. Yeah. And he like went off the deep end and then came back, to, you know, get, came back to the faith. Um, and so I think that he kind of, I think he, he was kind of in the transition period, Sam, where, where you might be at this point, like you, um, you experience that, that very much like that sales tactic Christianity, where it's just like, um, it's almost like tricking people into believing in Jesus. <laughs> soul uh, yeah. winning. Yeah. Soul it's, winning. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so my parents were very, uh, they, you know, they were very clear with me, like, look, this is, you know, this is what, um, you know, this is, you know, both of you will cringe when I say this, but, you know, from, from their worldview, they said, you know, this is what, this is what's true about Christianity. You know, there's a lot of hypocrites with Christianity. Christianity is not about, you know, we go to church because, um, you know, we, we enjoy worshiping God. We don't go to church out of like necessity. Um, you know, if you want to go to, if we, if we want to go to the beach one weekend, you know, we're not going to be chastised. Um, my, my parents, um, left a couple churches growing up because there were like a lot of hypocrites there. Um, especially in that, in, in that like independent fundamental Baptist movement. Yeah. I mean, there's just the, the hypocrisy is amazing in some yeah, of those yeah. places. I mean, you have like these, these, uh, these obese preachers, um, on blood pressure medications that, you know, <laughs> you sip on a glass of wine before, you know, you're in danger of hellfire. You know, it's insane. I know. Uh, you know, that very, very much. My, my parents they're are very, very quick much. to skip over the, uh, passages about gluttony and get yeah, straight to exactly drunkenness. Right. That's exactly right. My, my parents are very, were very, um, 
even though we attended a church that kind of leaned that way more on more than one occasion, they were very uh, careful to be like, that's not we don't agree with that at all. I think, um, dude, honestly, I think you growing up with parents who disagreed with the pastor but could still go there is actually a big deal. Right. Um, oh, because most so families are like, well, this is what the pastor says, and like, yeah. it, it doesn't matter. You, if you go to a church that was less extreme than yours, and mm-hmm. even maybe more on, like, even you know, I'll even say, if you go to a church that would say everything that I would want it to say, and mm-hmm. then you just go. I believe this is what the pastor said. Like that is always a very dangerous perspective to have and to instill into your children. I think even going to a church like that and then having your parents tell you that's, I don't, we don't think like that and still be fine going there and being around people who do. That's a big deal. Right. And and, in case you answer your question, like as far as, as like how I want to raise my, my kids, um, you know, I, one thing that I was not exposed to, um, was like the historic nature of Christianity, um, and you know, I haven't done a ton of traveling, but I've been to Europe a little bit. And like, one thing I'm really going to stress with my kids is like the longevity of Christianity, like, um, like it's historic nature. Um, you know, for me that, um, and I, I don't want to sound like that, like that's the most important part of Christianity because it's definitely not. And there's definitely a lot of error, uh, throughout the history of the Christian church. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, one thing I really want to stress on with my kids is like, um, you know, really like basically what, just what you said, Sam, I I really want to stress that like we aren't Christian um, and we don't just sit here and embrace what, you know, what our pastor says, because our pastor might be wrong um, in some sense. Um, You know, I, I, I really want to bring Christianity, bring like the critical uh, and and, uh, Casey, I'm not sure where exactly where you're standing, if you're agnostic or whatever, but um, you know, I really want to bring the critical Casey's part of a sex cult now. So sex cult now, um, the Epstein cult. Yeah, I really want to bring. <laughs> he changed and, a lot. And, and look, the skeptics will cringe when I say this, but I, I really want to bring like the the critical thinking aspect of Christianity to it because I, I think a lot of people uh, had there was no like challenges to Christianity growing up. Like I was never challenged on. Um, like the validity of Christianity growing up, it was just always like, yeah, it's 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 true, like just just accept mm-hmm. it. Um, and that was you know probably uh, seven or eight years ago. Like I kind of went through a period where I was like really questioning it. I was like, I was like, like how how do you even know that that not only how do I know that Christianity is true? Like even if Christianity is true, how do I know that like my specific flavor of Christianity is true? Like how how can you even know something like that? You know, and I spent year I spent years like like studying that um and um you know for me the for me you know and everybody's a little bit different but for me um being exposed to like that 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 questioning and that critical thinking aspect of why do i believe it um you know is there is there historic validity to what i'm believing um you know for me that's something that i really want to stress on my kids like i do not just want to like throw them into a church and say you know uh, John the Baptist was an independent fundamentalist Baptist who <laughs> only read the King James Bible. Um, you know, I don't want them to. I don't. I don't want John to, the Baptist. In all honesty, probably couldn't even read the Jewish Bible, but probably not. <laughs> Which is, I think, something that people probably don't think much about, and that right, you don't need. Yeah. Anyway, I don't need to go off on that. Do you think that? Um. So I said, I guess, ask it maybe one more question about it before we drag this out too long. Do you think that? Um, the being that I'm trying to think of the best way to ask it, but that the, 
that there's a there's a a right and wrong when it comes to Christianity that there's a yeah. and that there is a that part of being Christian is being correct. Yeah, uh, to an extent. So in the Christian theology, you have something called uh, adiaphora, which is the Greek term essentially for like essentials. So uh, things that have historically been essential in the Christ- Christian faith would be things like uh, accepting the resurrection, um, accepting the deity of Christ, uh, accepting uh, the uh, well, the, the whole gospel, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I think that that like those are the foundational principles. Uh, one of the areas that I've really shifted over the years. Um, and, and again, it goes back to that that idea that like when people first become militant in their beliefs, like whether or not it's atheist or Christian, they tend to like just assume everybody believes the fundamentals and they they like to really like nail on those like non-essential things like, you know, is the earth 10,000 years old or, or 10 billion years old, you know, or like flat. Those, those, or flat, <laughs> those stupid issues. When by we're way, talking about things that have uh, equal amounts of scientific credibility. <laughs> by the way, there is an atheist society of flat Earth. Just FYI, so, I know. so it shows you that uh, it shows you that insanity Everybody can. Uh, no, it sh- yeah, it shows you the power of groupthink. It's essentially cronies yeah. for Christ. Yeah, I do. Um, now, yeah, yeah. So I do believe that there is a, a true Christian faith and a false Christian faith. I think that, um, and I'm not sure if that's exactly what you're asking, but. Um, I do not believe if if what you're asking is do I believe in like the uh, the twenty the twentieth century fundamentalist mindset where you have to um, you know you have to hold to the two thousand one Baptist faith and me- Baptist faith and message in order to be considered a true Christian. No, I wouldn't take it to that extent. But I think that there are fundamentals like you would have to believe in uh, the resurrection. Uh, I even would go so far as to say I don't think you have to um, embra- embrace the doctrine of the Trinity, but but um, you I don't think that you could deny any of its aspects if that makes sense because that's a complicated doctrine. So I don't. So if someone says, "Oh, I don't believe mm-hmm. that in the Trinity, but I believe that Jesus is God," then you know, obviously he's got like there's there's contradictions in that statement. As long as you're getting two out of three. You're in, is what you're trying to say. Right? Uh, no, no, I, I think at, at the base level, you have to believe in the the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. I think that's the very fundamental um, beliefs in the Christian faith. Um, and then th- that's that's the very basis. I guess that would be like the overall definition of uh, what it what what is the central belief of Christendom. And then, obviously, as a Protestant. My views on justification, like like whether don't or not bore people, Chad, come on. I, that's why I'm, I'm really trying not to do that. That's don't, I'm, I'm sanctification, justification, no, no, no. Just, emancipation, saying, proclamation. What I'm just saying. I almost hung up when you said in the original Greek. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, that that is a that's that's a very important distinction. Like the the concept of of essentials and non essentials. So no, I do not believe that you have right. to believe that the Earth is ten thousand years old. Uh, to be a true Christian, yes, you need to believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yes, I think that you have to recognize. What if you only that, believe in the resurrection and not the death? Well, then a live <laughs> person would be resurrecting himself, which would be absolutely irrelevant. <laughs> so, okay, so knowing that this is a wormhole that could easily like uh, don't do it, Casey. I'm turn sorry. into a long conversation. Um. I'm good, by the way. Like, I, I, I'm sure that you have a cutoff point before your listeners just turn off the podcast. But we don't have any it. listeners yet. So we don't have any listeners, so it's good. <laughs> this is for so, us. So, 
Plus, Casey, you can, edit, you can edit out the gospel, Casey. That's fine. No, dude, no we're we're gonna <laughs> just we, dude. We're gonna make you sound like an absolute asshole. That's, <laughs> the editing is amazing. This is gonna be a hard edit. Yeah, he's gonna take like, the first thirty minutes of me and narrow it down into I hate gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we weren't because I don't think you said gay until you just did that, I did, I and we made the edit way needed. easier. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so. Given that, you know, all right, we all know each other through Liberty. Right. Uh, we talked about Jerry Falwell, who was obviously like a major evangelical political leader in his time. Uh, the church has become pretty intertwined in, you know, a, a, a distinct political stance mm-hmm. over the past, you know, over our lifetime. Do you think that that's wise do you think that it's prudent do you think that the church uh has a responsibility to advocate for policies on a political level or do you think that it's a uh you know a misdirection that the that they've uh, they've put their eggs in the wrong basket yes and no and let me explain that so you can't yes, explain that that's the end yes yeah. and no's your answer. <laughs> yeah, <All right>. <laughs> so, so yes in the sense um so as far as my theology holds is um, I hold to a view called post-millennialism. Sam, I'm sure you know what that is. Or I do. Sure that. <laughs> um, and so, th- so basically I do believe that Christians uh, should seek to um, – what's a way that doesn't sound so intrusive? But I think that Christians should uh, participate in all aspects of life, whether that be you know within their church, within their local government, within their federal government. Um, as far as what you said, as how over the last, you know, over our lifetime, it's been really ingrained, become ingrained in, in uh, politics and culture. That that's literally been happening for the last two thousand years. I mean, you you had you know Christianity yeah, merged with the, Rome, with the Roman Empire with Constantine. You had you know all the way up until you know in in the Protestant Reformation, where you literally you had the Church of England. You know, it was a uh, uh, sacralism or, or, you know, a, a theocracy essentially where you had, uh, the old Testament law in, in, uh, Geneva, Switzerland was how, what they used for their, their justice. You know, they literally followed the mosaic principle and you know, if someone committed adultery, they'd, they'd kill them. Um, like all throughout history, you have Christianity and, uh, you know, specifically Christianity tying itself in with politics. So do I think it's wise? I think that all Christians um, I mean, if you if you really believe in the Christian message, and you, you I, I think everyone would actually agree. If you if you firmly believe in the Christian message, you want that message to spread. Um, you don't want it to spread by the sword. You know, okay. We, I don't want to go into a native tribe and and hold a knife to the neck of natives and say, you know, repent or 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 die. <laughs> you know, I'm not looking to do that. Um, but but yeah, you know, I I would want people that I elect to um, legislate from that worldview because from my from my perspective i think that you know from my perspective there is a moral law there is a natural law and i think that the world works better when people follow that specific law namely you shouldn't murder um you you shouldn't cheat on your wife. I don't necessarily believe that you should be killed if you cheat on, cheat on your God, wife. Jer- Jerry Jr. didn't cheat on his wife. We already went over this. <laughs> yeah, I know. not cheating when you're okay <laughs> so, with it. So so to, when I say yes or no, yes, I think that in the time Christians should want to promote uh, 
um, through through legal means what they believe. But I also recognize that in when whenever you have you know this goes back to the beginning of the conversation. Whenever you have the the mix of power and religion, you get one or two bad apples in there, um, you know, and you you've made a mess of it. So, but the rest of the saying is spoils the whole bunch. Sure, sure. So, I, so that being the risk, uh, does the risk outweigh the reward? I guess. Well, that's why I said yes like, and no. Okay, actually, so what I want to ask, a uh, better way of asking that sure. is, is is legislating your version of morality on other people uh, because you believe that that's what's best, um, is that uh, when my, let's, I guess this would require an understanding of the what you mean when you say the gospel message that, uh, it would it would require that well, you two think things, that two things two yeah. things so i don't i don't believe you can legislate the gospel message obviously i think that that is a a supernatural work of god um when you say do i believe that i should legislate my view of morality every single person in this in this virtual room thinks that you should legislate your version of morality to a certain extent and um and so, yeah, I, I definitely think that my that's a good of, no. You, you're right. You're right. Good because point. we we all we all think pedophiles are sick, and so we all would want to ban pedophilia. That's that's putting our morality on top of you know that, that that's legislating through our moral compass, of course. Um, but the the only difference is that all of us would would believe that there is a um, you know all of us would disagree. Well, not Sam. You and I probably would. Well, actually, I don't even know if we'd all disagree. I think. I don't know 100% where Casey is at this point, but I think all of us would recognize probably that there is a, a at least some sort of a natural law that everybody recognizes is bad. I don't know anyone uh, in the world, even serial killers recognize that serial killing is wrong. I mean, you, you listen to uh, some of these interviews with people like Dahmer, like he he's like, yeah, I knew that it was twisted. I still did it, but I right, right. like I knew it was bad and and I fully recognize that I need to be punished for it. Um, the, I think, I think what you're asking is, um, you're a serial I, killer. so are you? Yes, yes. yes. Well, actually, that's a good, that's actually a good. Yeah. Yes, I am a serial killer. <laughs> um, you I, heard it I here first. Eat, eat lots I think of it's, it's, it's more about like, I guess it's more about like conflating. Um, maybe it's more on the other side of the equation. Maybe it's conflating like conservative political values with, uh, religious beliefs uh, that's another problem because conservative is a misnomer that that's a completely subjective statement what's what's conservative in america is not what's conservative in australia um right right sure so, but, but we're yeah, talking i mean you know what i mean but, but, but like the, speaking america i guess let's well 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 there, there is a there is a relation because basically to con- conservative basically means to conserve you're preserving traditional values whatever the tr- traditional values in your culture are that's what the conservative party uh, leans toward most first world countries in the world were founded. Um, you, you can you can reject whether or not their version of Christianity that they were founded on was accurate, but um, I mean, essentially every first world country in existence today was founded on some sort of Christian principle, which is why throughout the world we associate Christianity with conservative values. Now in America, uh, conservative value also mixes with traditionalism, so that's why Christians in America like their guns. 
uh, like they're low taxes. But in Australia, Christian Christians in Australia think we're absolutely insane because we like our guns. They they think that I that think is that's weird. that's what I'm asking sure. is like American conservative ideals, you know, yeah. gun ownership, uh, free market capitalism. Right. Like, I, I guess it's it's not so much a right or wrong question. It's like, has this been productive for the church? No, to no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, closely associate them. No, I, no thank I, you. I, I just remembered how much of an idiot I feel when I <laughs> try to talk about this stuff with you. Dude, <laughs> I, thought you yeah, I thought you came back to that real good, man. I think it got you to the point because what I think what you're, I mean, what you're asking is what everyone's, what be, it, it comes down to what the intent of, of uh, at least that pr- version uh, or I don't want to say version because that sounds uh, unlike a, I don't know. I, I get what you're not saying, taking though. it seriously, but um, but your understanding of of Christian faith it comes it all comes down to what your understanding of the Christian faith is. Is it something that are you building? Are you building? Uh, are, are you tying certain political ideals to what you think to, to your version of utopia and trying to build that in and saying that this is what I want is what God wants or what we want is what God wants. Therefore, we're going to build it. And God loves capitalism and God loves weapons, like whatever yeah, it is. I, like, I, yeah, I do not hold it. Yeah, that is a big mistake. Um, a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of people just instantly lump everything that tends to be a conservative viewpoint in America. And by the way, they do this everywhere, not just in America, but in America, we, you know, we live in America, so that's that's central that's to our, us. Yeah, that's all we can um, really speak to. That, that's right. So no, that that is a huge mistake. And whenever um, most uh, half of my family's from Canada, um, and I okay. my my uncle is like anti-American conservative, conservative, but very much Canadian conservative. He hates the idea of these of the Second Amendment. Um, he hates the idea of the First Amendment. Um, which which might sound weird to you guys, but actually, um, if you ever talk to someone like from Europe and you talk about the American idea of the First Amendment, how we should be able to have freedom uh, to say offensive things, they think that's insane. The world thinks that's absolutely insane. Um, yeah, I think because it muddies the water between like hate speech and and oh yeah, and what does oh, yeah. hate speech result in? I mean, you can see it, the way that it, it results in people making violent yeah. like making yep. violent moves against the people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's- I, I was talking to a German, uh, uh, this German girl about it and she came back and she said, yeah, you and um, you Americans have a really liberal view of the, fr- of freedom of speech. Yeah. And I was like, that's interesting. It's just interesting how that's completely opposite yeah. around the world. But yeah, to go back to your question, Casey, yeah, I think it's a, whenever I have this discussion with my uncle, cause we get really heated. In fact, I actually had to unfriend. I remember him from Facebook. Oh, I had to get rid of him on Facebook because he, um, it just gave me heartburn and I like discussion, but <laughs> it, it's, uh, it, it's just, he, he's like me except 60, you know, <laughs> 67. But, uh, but no, my, my distinction, whenever I have that discussion with someone, I am very cl- careful with the distinction that there are, you know, there are two types of political views, moral views and amoral views. The second amendment is amoral. It's not right or wrong, whatever, um, you know, whatever side you take. As long as you're not taking it like to be destructive to society or something like that, but um, you know the First Amendment is an amoral issue. If you don't believe in the American First Amendment, you're not you're not a pagan. Uh, if you don't believe in the Second Amendment, you're not a pagan. Um, you have to really make the distinction of the, those views. And I, I do think it's unfortunate that um, that there is that massive lump. Like it's it's literally to the point. Like back in my Never Trump days, 
I mean, I would like literally talk to some of my conservative uncles that do live in the States and I'd be like, yeah, I'm not a fan of Trump. And they would literally like be concerned for my soul. <laughs> They're like, um, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and so I think that really, I think that is a, a huge issue. Um, but I, I, I really think that comes back to like a, a, a cultural issue though, because there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of Christian uh, principles that are tied to the conservative movement just because conservatism is a traditionalist movement. And in Western civilization, traditionalism is Christianity. I mean, essentially, uh, in a very loose right. term. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty married and, to it at this point. Sure. Sure. Uh, but 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 that 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 connection is breaking. Uh there's a lot of uh there's a lot of Christians um who are abandoning um and and it, it you know i i'm not for it or against it um there's certain financial fiscal policies that i really like but there's a lot of evangelical leaders that are you know abandoning what would historically be called actually not even historically called republican because the republican party has shifted completely over yeah, the yeah. Eight i mean that's like uh, the republican party was the abolitionist party back you know we, we've seen the 180 like right well we no no, no that's not what i mean i i still think that the the i, I still think that that aspect of uh uh, the the Republican Party still exists. I'm, I'm mainly talking about uh, 12 years ago. I mean, the Republican Party was the the party of corporatism and wars, endless wars. Um, now, now all the Republic- Republicans are talking about getting all of our troops out of the Middle East. You know, wh- when did that happen? Um, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. All <laughs> uh, not yeah. Mitch McConnell. That old turtle's oh, really upset. Yeah. About it. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, Trump just signed an executive order to pull all the troops out of Afghanistan before Christmas. He's not turtly enough. Isn't it only tw- twenty five hundred before Christmas. No, that's twenty five hundred out of Germany. He he's signed an executive order to pull them all out of Afghanistan by Christmas. Yeah, it's, 2, one, of the, it's one of the uh, very, very, very few things he's done where I'm like, I I I'm a liberal person, but I sure. I love it. This is it's like funny for me when I, I'll fight my. Um, that that part of you that just you know because i hate that motherfucker but <laughs> so but i'll fight every part of me that's like if he's gonna do something and my natural inclination is to be like nope he's wrong like i i do fight that at all i always do i i think it's important to try to fight that so when when i saw that my first thought was what's the ulterior motive here he's trying to like and i try to get and i'm like no let's just take this for what it is this right. is i've felt like this needed to happen for a long time it's, right he signed it. I, I don't care about the – maybe there's an ulterior motive. Maybe there isn't. I'm just going to sit with it and be like, I'll just take this. This is fine. Like, now, I not- do disagree with the idea of taking our eyes off the Germans because they are historically <laughs> pesky. <laughs> That's racist, bro. That's racist. No one's going to care though. The Germans, they're, they're whiter than – Bavarian lives matter, bro. <laughs> Casey, you, you, you've been uh, very submissive this entire uh, – hour and 20 submissive. minutes submissive that's Very a good submissive. word for him <laughs> so, tell me where you're at because i actually don't know that much where you're at i have my ideas but um sex uh, cult satanism what? yeah well you know <laughs> low-key sex cult uh, i'm a an apathetic agnostic <laughs> apathetic agnostic what is that, that means, a reddit. Uh, he found that group on reddit and was just like this sounds um, like me uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, i don't know but i don't i don't care enough to really investigate it <laughs> like i i which is 
is funny doing a podcast about all this stuff. It's not that I don't care at all sure. about religious views or anything. It's just that um, from a personal standpoint, like me investigating what I you know believe about those issues and stuff. What I just your, I feel like I don't have the uh, energy for it. What was your biggest dissuading uh, reason? Because because it's interesting because um, you were probably like the best person <laughs> in, the, in like the most straight laced <laughs> dude. Hundred percent next to Sam. Next to Sam, yeah, Sam was a good guy too. Was <laughs> no. Was. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't I don't know if it was like a particular issue. It was just um I made friends that weren't Christians and I That's got what really I was always told to not to do as a homeschooler. I, I it's and that's for a reason. It it actually <laughs> does pan out exactly like they said. I think it was just I got really disillusioned with uh not so much Christian views but Christian culture. Mm. You know what I mean? Like uh, church culture and, you know, in the stereotypical way of like, you know, my parents go to a church that has 5,000 members and they all show up on Sundays and they're like, good to see you, brother. Good to see you, brother. And then they go their separate ways. I just I just got really disillusioned with all of it. So let me run Uh, a a question. Let me run a question by you. So would you say that. You so you you do not believe the historic claims of Christianity. I'm assuming. No. And why not? Because what, Chad's going to show you why you need well, to in three simple minutes. <laughs> Step one. <laughs> I just you know I know more about whale stomachs now, and uh, oh. I don't think you can live in one. Well, you know, with the well, I'm not even um, that. I'm not going to touch that one with the ten foot pole. <laughs> Good, don't take the bait, Chad. Well, actually, that's interesting, Sam. Sam, what do you believe about that? About whale stomachs that they're real. About no, the, story, the story of Noah. What do you What do you think about that? Of Noah, as a, as a Christian, or Jonah? Or, uh, Jonah. Jeez, sorry, I thought you sorry, were Christian. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm I'm one beer in. I'm calling. I'm calling. Right <laughs> oh God. Because uh, this would be interesting. No, because I actually I. I like the story because, and I actually taught at my church on the story of Jonah. Uh, well, kind of a little bit. It was more of like a historical tr- run through of Jonah and the, his assumption of the Assyrian Empire. I, I think Jonah's a, a story. It's a story that uh, is about progressing the understanding of how you how God views the, his enemies. Because we know that the, we know historically the Assyrians like never repented, and I think and and Jonah's the one that's mad about it. So Jonah's a representation of like of Israel, and it's just a, it's a story. And I think a lot of the narrative that's thrown into it is like for the intent of showing that it's a story. And I think you when you take that compared to the what you get in Kings and Chronicles of the back like the actual backdrop of the historical. God, I have to spruce up on it. Point that's is. Fine. I don't, know all the, I don't know all the. Yeah. Don't all worry about it. I, it's, I have it all written down. If you actually want to like read what I actually had for it, but it's it's a story. That's all. It is a story. That's. I'm not saying that to just demean it. I'm saying like it was. It's powerful and meaningful, and it should have an impact on your life if you're. But you don't, but you don't you. think it actually think, happened. No, I, I don't think the author of it had any intent of anyone thinking it actually happened. So when Jesus uses Jonah as oh, a God, oh, we're moving as on. a this symbol. Is not, um, yeah. <laughs> this is not. <laughs> 
It's just using the common vernacular. It's just so like, when, when Jesus uses Jonah as a as a uh, sign, a type and shadow of his death and resurrection. Do you think Jesus knew that it was just a story, or he believed it actually happened? Oh, just, I don't. Curious. I don't know. I don't think you know. I, I, it he didn't know, or or he didn't what. I don't know what Jesus thought about it because I don't think it even matters. So, so in that, that like hits it because I, I've, I'm sure my jokes feel evasive. (laughs) (laughs) This, this is exactly like, uh, where everything kind of unraveled for me is because Mm -hmm. I was brought up, you know, the environment and it's not so much that like my parents just beat it into us. It was this, the environment, the school, the church, it was all like predicated on, you know, God's word, the Bible is the inerrant word of God. It's divinely inspired. Every sentence of it is true in a literal fashion. And my, I think my faith in it was predicated on that idea. And when I started to, you know, really admit that I had problems with some of those types of things, I think it was like it pulled the bottom brick out from, from under me, you know? Yeah. I just, I just didn't, I, I think at the time when I was willing to still entertain, I, I, when I wanted it to be real, sure, I just couldn't put together a version of it where, you know, a man didn't live in a fish's stomach for, for a week. Okay. I just, or, I, have to, I have to add though, the traditional view of that story was that Jonah died for three days in the whale. And then that's came back not, to life. That's the I, traditional. I don't think no, that makes it any better. I wouldn't even agree with that. I would. I need you to cite your source if you're going to say something like that. Because that is, tra- that is traditional West, traditional Jewish story. Because it's not a Christian story; it's a Jewish story. Yeah, that is the traditional Jewish interpretation that he died. That's why G- it was a type and shadow of Jesus dying and resurrecting. He didn't, live, he didn't eat fish out of the wood. Off that's of the way. Right, so, Casey, I don't know are you ready I, to accept Jesus Christ as your personal sense. savior again? That's why. I, that's why I asked Sam uh, what he views of it. Because what about my, Pinocchio's dad? In, in, my, in, my, in my opinion, liberal Christianity is the uh, the Enemy. sinking. Yes, not that is the uh, is the sinking stepping stone between uh, Christianity and agnosticism. Cool and. And I'm here on the other side of the river with open arms for you. I mean, you can say that, but I'm still having, I don't know what you want me to say. Like it's, I think the irony of it is like, you can say that, but liberal Christianity, a saved my faith. B I'm still heavily invested in it. Like, and I still, it's like my entire, like that, so much of my life is wrapped up in it. Like, so I think the irony, like that's ironic to me is that, yeah, for some people it's like a drifting out of it. For some people it's a reimagining of their faith. Like for me, it saved it. So if that means, or I could have ended up like uh, all the kids you went to high school with who are fedora wearing edit Reddit atheists. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> he's just in it for the occasional free crackers and grape juice. Yeah, I think. That. Hey, hey well, my church uses wine, so I actually oh, I, get to, I get to drink wine on Sunday morning. Lib. Oh my god. Okay, I think we need to call you know, it here. Uh, I think we need <laughs> yeah. part two. I oh definitely part two. You can two. be our. Oh, sure. uh, our resident because, because I'll be honest, I was really excited for this the discussion to get to this point. 
and i know i was really adamant i'm trying i actually was like thinking ahead of time like i really feel like i need to try not to get it to this point like why because it's i don't know i'm not dude no one's gonna listen to a podcast when everyone's just laughing you gotta you gotta fight you're right you do need some meat to it and i think you do need some arguments look do i I get some ad revenue for the uh, yeah after i (laughs) once we start getting some ad once we get ads maybe manscaped we're paying yeah, quick. I want man, <laughs> <manscaped>. <laughs> hey, do you want smooth balls <laughs> yes please <laughs> oh god well maybe well yeah, i don't what I, we'll see i i, I would i like these arguments i'm like i, I obviously will take them and have a good time with them i think a lot of if our we friendship do, if we do was part based two on, though you have to pick. You have to pick one top. This was great, by the way. I, this was actually really fun. Yeah, I um, love this. I, I knew it would be fun. Um, what you need to do is is like pick like a single. Well, this is your pocket. You can do whatever you, the frick you want. But I'm just yeah. saying that if you want to dive down into that wormhole, like pick a specific area, and then we'll just focus on that the whole time. Yeah, it's just not like we're trying not to have a Christian podcast. So debating Christian theology for an hour and a half. Seems well, there's like- only one. Well, there's only one Christian on this show. So. Yeah. <laughs> is that, is that, I'm assuming you meaning you, not, uh, forgetting that it's not your podcast, you narcissistic fuck. <laughs> oh, I had to throw that. Dude, I literally you have, have to, written down in Notepad plus plus all day to say in this. Yeah. You have to go back to hiding your Facebook post from him. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> What's up? He said, "You have to go back from to hiding your Facebook post from." Oh, poor Sam! I was not. <laughs> Sam. Oh, that was God. Kind of- I almost, I almost was like going to give you a hard time with that at the top of the episode. I literally wasn't mad. I just, I wanted to. Someone told me about it. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> "Who told you?" I got to know who I, told I, you about it. I wasn't mad. It's I've so, never been. I'm going to go through a mutual friends, and I'm going to message every single one of them. So you might want to tell it. me now. <laughs> go for it. I told him I was like, I tried so hard to get Chad to spill the beans on <laughs> All I know is we probably have like 500 mutual friends. So go, go at it. I know. I know. <laughs> it's going to take me it. a while. <laughs> Oh God! All right. Oh man, dude, it's, it's always great to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. this is an awesome time, man. Thanks for hanging yeah. out.